Hey, this is Casey Comus, and this is the High Note Podcast. Hey, everybody, I'm Jesse Hill. And I'm Hank Berman. And we have Casey from Jackson, uh, the, the man with the plan when it comes to uh, recording studios. I've actually been following Casey for a long time. When I actually set this whole place up, um, of course, what I do is I look at people in the surrounding areas and Blue Sky Studios popped up. And I just looked at the web. I'm a, I'm a web developer, so I looked at the website. I mean, you got it going on, man. And um, I just want to talk to you about, one, your story of how you got involved with sound, sound engineering. Like, where was the, did you start at another company? Did you start at home? Did you, or are you a musician? That kind of thing. Um, but yeah, man, like if you want to just kind of dive into it and let us know how you got involved with everything. Yeah. Well, well, thank you guys so much for having me on today and thanks for the kind words. I really appreciate that. We certainly do spend a lot of time uh, on the website and social media and those sort of things. But as you guys probably know, a lot of times it feels like no one sees it, but your parents. And so <laughs> it's good to hear that other people are noticing. But yeah, man, I grew up down on the coast in Van Cleef, so not, not far from where you guys are recording right now. I uh, grew up there the first 18 years of my life and came to Mississippi College in Clinton right outside of Jackson. I know that in school 02. well. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, good spot. My wife and I both went there and uh, had, a, had a great experience there and just saw a lot more opportunities at the time for me to stick around up here. I was uh, leading worship at churches and that sort of thing. And uh, as far as how I got into the recording, uh, I kind of had a lot of bad experiences recording growing up. So a lot of people will say I had this wonderful experience, and that's what led me to where I am today. Mine was kind of opposite. I, I did not have great experiences. And so I always knew there there had to be a different way to, to create an experience that was meaningful for someone, but also an end product that they could really enjoy in their fans could too. And so that's why we started uh, Blue Sky Studios about 12 years ago. Where are you located in Jackson? So uh, about an, a mile from St. Dominic. So we actually butt up against the Fuller's Bluff State Park, yeah. which is a, a very unknown state park here uh, right in downtown Jackson. Uh, it's it's funny, my wife and I, we lived here for the first five years of having the studio. We moved out about six years ago and uh, just turned the whole place into a studio. But when we lived here, it was funny. She grew up in the country as well, and I grew up in Van Cleef, which is the country. And we were right here in downtown Jackson, but it felt like we were in the country because we're looking over several hundred acres of woods and we could hear crickets and frogs and it, it was neat the uh, country in the city that's pretty amazing with jackson mississippi especially downtown because it's known for being an urban place and, and as you know i mean it's 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 i lived in jackson for 10 years so this oh, awesome. i lived yeah. in clinton and you know and uh, i know exactly what you're talking about um you talked about not having the best of experiences down on the coast in recording studios, and and I probably don't know who you're talking about, and they'll remain uh, remain nameless. But um, there wasn't ever really that many studios down here. I mean, to to pick from, and and I know the guys, uh, some of the guys that had them, um, very few, but had them, and uh, they did their best, but it it wasn't uh, what it could have been. Sure. And it certainly wasn't. Uh, and it was more from Mo Mobile to Jackson. All, right. all those experience weren't. Uh, th at the time, it was when I when I began recording, it was sort of this turn of like the home studio, the digital age, that right. kind of thing. And so it certainly is not a knock against anybody. They were doing 
Great. And we worked with a lot of people where they were really nice, but maybe the style of music we were wanting to do was a little yeah. bit different than what they wanted to do. So yeah, definitely didn't mean that uh, as a No, no, of anyway. course not. Of course not. No, no. We're talking technological ways and, and that kind of thing. I, I, I get it. It's funny because um, um, I spent, my wife and I spent all day yesterday cleaning out a couple storage places that we have to move to a new one. And some of the stuff hadn't been touched in the very back in 20 years. And, and I'm like the Fred Sanford of, of musicians down here. I hoard <laughs> and I have all this junk and it's, it's terrible. But the, I bring that up because I found all kinds of stuff that is archaic now in terms of recording or in terms of play. I mean, all these heavy cabinets and, and outboard gear that I had, you know, that's still in the rack mounts and stuff. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know, this stuff, it, it may be worth something to somebody, you know, as a collector's thing or something, or maybe some of it's still good, you know, some Mesa Boogie preamp guitar stuff and all that. But, <laughs> but it was like, I forgot all about it and, and just how the change in technology has come so far. You know, I even had a, an event, Easy Bus Mixer, the, uh, one of the first uh, USB mixers and, and that kind of thing. I, I mean, still in the box, never been used. So, I, you know, it's, it's crazy. So I totally get what, what you're saying. And how? Uh, uh, tell us more about your studio and what you have in it. What are you running your uh, uh, the uh, software and recording stuff? Yeah, so we uh, run Logic Pro. We we also do Pro Tools from time to time, and that was how I got started was doing Pro Tools. But uh, I feel like as a producer, which is probably my favorite role in the studio, I, I work a little better in Logic. It feels a little more uh, an extension of creativity where Pro Tools sometimes can be a little more counter of the production side. But yeah, we have about 2,100 square feet, uh, a studio A, which is where we do most of our recordings with bands. Uh, we have a, a solid state Logic console that we got earlier, 2022. Um, so it's about a year old to us, uh, 16 channels. We have a ton of great outboard gear. Oh, nice. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that, that's sort of the studio downstairs. Uh, right now, we're recording this in Studio B, which is where we do video casts and podcasts and things like that. And then upstairs, we have another studio that's smaller for vocal overdubs and then another office where a business partner for a different business uh, office is upstairs. Cool. So, so you yeah. do mastering as well and, and uh, that sort of thing? Uh, we, we, do, we work all the way to mixing. And so at mastering, we, uh, we typically have some partnerships. Like we've worked with a few guys over the years. Right now, we're working with Matthew Garber out of uh, North Carolina mm -hmm. for the mat for the record mastering. He's really, really great. We've really built good, a good. strong relationship with him. Okay. So you have all the bases covered. If somebody comes to you and wants to record, you can take them through the recording mixing process and then then you can get Matthew in to to the um, that's right. Yeah, to kind of finish up. Yeah. Great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and when I sort of going back to my story, like I worked at a lot of studios where they were talented engineers, but when I would say, Hey, what should we do with this section of the song? Or, Hey, is it too low or too high? They weren't inherently musicians, so it was kind of harder for them to navigate that. They were more engineers at heart. And we sort of take a different approach here where we think there's a lot of studios that do a wonderful job of engineering. At Blue Sky Studios, we want to help produce your record. And, you know, for some people that looks like uh, engineering, but sort of having the end approach in mind with, hey, sonically, where you want to fit. But then for some people, it is a little more in-depth, like, hey, let's rewrite the second verse, or hey, let's cut these bars right here so this section flows better, that right. sort of thing. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I I, I watch, I watch, what is it? It's the um, the video series that y'all, Behind the Track. I love how y'all, I've actually been, I'm serious, I've been watching probably a couple months now. How, when did you When did you launch that Behind the Track? 
Yeah, we might have started a year and a half ago, but the last couple months we've become more serious. Like, hey, people actually watch this. We should keep, yeah, we should keep doing these. And so, uh, and they're a lot of fun too because we work with uh, tons of talented artists that no one's uh, heard of. You know, they're not played on mainstream radio. They're not on TV. That kind of thing. And so, it's a cool opportunity for people to get to hear uh, folks who are in the southeast, outside of Nashville, New York, or LA, and and doing really cool music. Now, have you? What are some of, have, I know that there was a Venture Church cut a record there, uh, Blake Houston, yeah. he kind of introduced yeah. me, like, I, I was watching you, and then he was like, oh, we're cutting a record in the Jackson. I was like, it's not a Blue Skies, is it? He goes, yeah. And I said, wow, I've been watching him. He goes, oh, I know Casey. And so, um, I mean, I, I know that who you recorded, like, I've seen recently, like, probably in the past couple of years, but is there anybody else that you think that you've recorded lately that is on the train of, you know, big success, or is it more of just passion, you know, writing songs, yeah, putting them yeah. out there, hopefully it hit on. I didn't know if you had any. That's like uh, asking me, uh, I, I have four children, and that's like asking me which one is my favorite child. <laughs> like, you're going to put that, me on the spot here. That's me. well said. <laughs> well said, Casey. <laughs> they're all my favorites. Oh, just kidding. No, man, there there are so many talented artists. We, it seems like we work with... Uh, First of all, really nice people. That's that's awesome. Like I, I don't know a lot of studios that can always say their clients are nice. Like most everyone who comes through here, band or artist, they're genuinely fun to hang out with. So that makes it a blast. Um, but but a lot of the people we work with, they're not really trying to make a push to be full time. Like their their goal is, hey, I've, I've written these songs and I would just like to share them with other people. They've spent time to articulate what someone else is feeling or what they felt in a moment. And they know that this song can either help somebody uh, yeah. enjoy this part of their life or kind of grieve a breakup or something like sure. that. But man, ton, tons of talented people coming uh, through here. Uh, Zach Tolitson is uh, an artist that we're working with right now that we're really excited about. He won a Mississippi Songwriter of the Year and just is, is doing a lot of really cool stuff. Um, another guy that uh, we work with a lot, Ants Rigby, he's a, a nurse practitioner at UMMC downtown. But uh, man, writes some incredible songs, and then we work with some some great churches. Like uh, we've worked with Venture Church over the years, and Blake, and uh, uh, we just finished a big project for uh, a writing church out of Startville called New Horizons uh, Worship, and they they write at their church a ton of songs and pump them out, and so yeah, a lot a lot of a lot of really talented folks. What genre of music uh, you mentioned uh, the 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 two guys at, at the at the top? Um, what genre of music do they do? What style? Yeah, I, I would probably call it singer-songwriter Americana, like somewhere yeah. in that vein, which I feel like for us, like we're real comfortable there producing, engineering, uh, modern country, and then worship. Like I feel like between those uh, genres, that's kind of where we live. Uh, we don't do a ton of uh, jazz or rap. Um, classical music. Uh, this, there's a, there's a lot of studios who do that better than us, and then then we work on the occasional pop project that that's always fun too. So, do you have musicians that are working around town, playing the clubs and all that, come in to record with you or for you? Yeah, you know it's funny. Somebody was asking me this the other day. Uh, our our studio musicians are insanely talented. A lot of them have spent time in uh, Nashville, New York, or LA, or touring. But for whatever reason, and and honestly, COVID was sort of the catalyst for some of them coming back to Mississippi mm-hmm. um, because they were in those big cities and they they didn't have work. And so right. being able to come back here, be with their not only be with their family, but uh, have a, 
a much better style, a standard of living for a lot less has has been a oh, big absolutely. win. Oh, so, absolutely. Well, they, we they, they were ready to get out of, out of Jackson to go to Nashville, and now they're ready to get out of Nashville and come back home. So I, I get it. That's I, right. I played um, through the 80s, well, all of the 80s and early 90s in Jackson. So I knew a lot of those guys that left. Uh, uh, James Stroud had a studio up there, a Grammy Award-winning producer and worked at Malico and in, in Jackson yeah. and those those places. So a lot of those musicians when I left the coast and went up to Jackson at the beginning, I was amazed at how many really good musicians there are in Jackson and probably still are. I'm sure there is. I mean, it's Yeah. just a lot of good stuff and and yeah, I'm I'm happy for you that you're making that and making that work for them as well. So that's great. Yeah. And the, I mean, the coast too, you guys have tons of talented folks. Yeah, more there, and more every sure. day, it seems. So, yeah. Yep. Question, do you miss the coast? Oh, absolutely, man. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I was say, being a Van Cleef guy, yeah. you know, it's Van really. Cleef, that's oh, God's country. I'm telling you. But also, like, it's it's a drive away from the beach and stuff. But, I mean, I know when I travel yeah. and I'm gone for three or four days, I'm like, man, I'm, I miss that salt water. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's right, man. Yeah. My my dad, he lives in Moss Point. My mom still lives in Van Cleef. So I get, I get down there a few times a year to see them. Still have some some great friends down on the coast. But, yeah, absolutely, man. Awesome. Uh, maybe four, four or five years ago, we just had our, our first child and we were pregnant with our second. I, I was talking to my wife. I was like, hey, what if we just, you know, blue sky thinking, like, let's just, where, where would we want to move? And, and the coast was certainly high on my list. Sure. And uh, the more we talked about it, she she really uh, enjoyed her community up here and uh, just didn't wasn't in the cards for right now. But man, I, I'd love to be back down there one day. It's a, a neat place for sure. Well, I mean, where else in the world can you have beachfront property for under a million dollars? Like nowhere. Like it's crazy. That's right. That's true. Your dollar goes a lot further in this state than most states. That's why we're having a influx of of people. Yeah, you know, it's it's That's happening. Right. Now, with you starting a professional recording studio, uh, with the home studios that popped up, does that affect? I mean, does that affect your business plan or your business model? Because honestly, like anybody can set up a home studio, but y'all, I know y'all offer like almost like guiding them through the process of recording versus them having to figure it out. But also like the quality that comes out of your studio is very professional. I mean, it would take several, several years for somebody at home to actually get that sound. So I'm really attracted. I mean, I'm, I'm the type, like if I want to put something out pretty serious, um, if I can't do it myself, I would be heading up to, you know, somewhere like y'all. Do y'all have that to where, um, I mean, that has that affected, you know, because I know it was pretty much, I guess, emerging. Is it still emerging or is it kind of a... Uh, I think uh, it's here. With technology, I think it's always emerging. I mean, you can have a home studio, but there's always, you know, it's like the old old saying, musically speaking anyway, that, you know, you buy a piece of equipment or you buy some software or plugins, whatever, and in two months, it's obsolete. You know, they come up the version two, version six, version 10, (laughs) whatever, you know, it's always something growing so and i'm sure being that that is your business and what you do you're on top of the game and all that i'm i'm sure you're well aware of all of that but i think one of the other things too about um a studio versus a home studio is most people it's a it's a bedroom they've you know turned into their home studio and or or whatever an extra room but the freedom of space like in your place i think that right there is above and beyond you're not afraid to belt it out or you're not afraid to hit that lick or whatever. It's like, oh, the neighbors might not, or, or, you know, whatever. It's still in the back of your head. But a studio, there's that that ambiance and that presence. There's nothing like it. 
without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's nail on the head for sure. And I, I mean, what I started was a home studio. Like it was in my bedroom, several different bedrooms over the years, <laughs> and that was kind of how I cut my teeth learning. And so I have a certainly have a special place in my heart for people who do that. And we work with a lot of people that they want a good place to record drums, and so they'll come right. to us and bring the tracks back to theirs right. or a great place to cut vocals. But yeah, I mean, it's sort of like the old. Uh, I don't know if this is an old adage, but I mean, you could buy all the stuff to do an appendectomy on yourself. <laughs> but you probably shouldn't, you know? It's like, like, well it's like there's, there's yeah. a reason you, a doctor goes to school to learn how to do that. And so, um, you know, the same thing with the recording. Like, yeah. you, you can buy the, the nicest equipment you want, but uh, it, it really, in the hands of a good technician, is where it, it really matters. And the I think the big win for hiring a professional studio is it lets you be the artist. Yeah. If you're engineering... Or, yes. If you're trying to produce, like it's really hard to perform because like, I've hats. done it. It's it's difficult to do wear all those hats. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, you know, I, I I wouldn't necessarily say that's uh, hurt our business. Like I think if anything, it it shows people like, hey, we really want to we want to serve you and, and be a part of what you're making and help make that better. Sure, or the, the showing the depth of what you can do as well. I mean that hey, no worries, we got this. We got you taken care of. We can we can handle this. The the, the I like the, the the adage that you said is. I hear a song coming on called Rusty Knives. That would be a good one for <laughs> pertaining to that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's good, though. I like that. So did you um, did you go to a formal education for this, or is this all hands-on, on-the-job training kind of thing that you did? Yeah, man, I, I wish. I, I think at the time when I graduated in 02, uh, which currently Delta State has a great program of, for recording. Uh, Southern Miss has a great program. There, I'm sure there's others that I don't know about. But at the time, I think Southern had just started or were just starting their program. And uh, and honestly, I didn't really think I wanted to do anything in recording. And so when I was in college, I got my first USB interface. Uh, I mean, at the time, it was like, this is incredible. Mm, now sure. if I heard it, I'm like, this is a joke. <laughs> like, this is a toy. <laughs> you could probably do things better on your iPhone now than than that interface that cost uh, quite a bit. Probably. But no, I just learned... Yeah, yeah. Just learn things the hard way, uh, which thankfully today, if you want to learn about recording, as much as school would be beneficial, like you could go to YouTube and rec- find out how to record an acoustic guitar. For me, I had to try 17 different mic positions the wrong way, the wrong mic, the wrong compressor, the that wrong That is, EQ. I think, one of the toughest things to record is in a, a clean, balanced yeah. acoustic guitar. I mean, then you listen to people like no James doubt, Taylor, no or these so, main, main guys that have been doing it for years, and it's like, how do you get that? I understand the the type of microphone and all that stuff, but that sound, that crystal clear. So obviously, when you said seventeen different ways of not doing it right, you know, <laughs> but it, if it took seventeen or 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 a hundred, at least you found it. You've got it. You know how to do That's it. That's right. You, know, yeah. you can't take that away from you or your studio. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. See, I, I wish I wish I would have had. Uh that formal education as a backbone to operate and be creative. It certainly would have made those first few years a, a little, a little easier. Yeah. But I mean, you probably have your own style, your own speed now. Like it's your, that's part of the blue sky um, touch, I guess you could say it's because I mean, whatever you've done before, what you're bringing to the table, it's a little bit different than anybody else. And so your story actually mold, helps mold the sound and, um, I mean, I, I'm I'm very impressed. And I'm just glad that we have. I always told my wife this. I said, if I hit the lottery, I'm going to build a state of the art recording studio in, on the Gulf Coast. Make sure that the top of the top engineers come down here to work it, so people 
so the talent would stop leaving our state and go into Nashville or LA or New York City. It always kind of baffled me. Um, I always I always thought like some of the best music, some of the best food, definitely, but some of the best <laughs> music um, is down here in the state of Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, the birth of the blues, absolutely. The whole state is uh, just a encyclopedia of culture and music, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's safe to say. I agree with that. Um, I think. Uh, we get, and you probably know this from having grown up down here, that I think we get a lot of uh, tourists, a lot of out-of-towners, out-of-staters that come around, and they don't realize the many facets of Mississippi that, you know, you go up to the Delta, the blues. I mean, down here, not as much. We still have it, but but the the, the founders of the blues before they went to uh, some that went to Chicago and that kind of thing. It's still, it's a, it's separate. So I've seen a lot of disappointment through the years, not so much as lately because we have ground zero here now and that kind of thing, which we talk about all the time. But do y'all have a ground zero up there in Jackson? Is that where it's at? It's in Cleveland, 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 yeah, it's okay. across the street from the Delta blues museum up there. But anyway, I was just kind of getting on a tangent, but it's, yeah, it's a different thing, but, but we're catching up with it. But I know Jackson, Man, it used to be Ferris Street, and uh, some of those those uh, after hours, all the musicians would head down to not the nicest part of Jackson, but uh, but it was like music was king and was alive. Do they still have that kind of scene happening up there, or is it uh, well, you have to come in a tank or <laughs> bulletproof? <laughs> well, uh, Ferris Street, you definitely would want some uh, type yeah. of armored vehicle for sure. Yeah. Uh, now that being said, there there's certainly some great efforts and pockets of. Uh, the metro area where, yeah. where folks are uh, creating original venues and that sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, for sure. It's, it's still uh, alive and well here. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, Jack, there was, yeah, I can't think of the, the names of the, there's two that come to mind that uh, one on North state and the other one in fair street that it was just the low ceiling, smoky, just that typical stereotypical <laughs> yeah, blues right. scene, you know, it's like, what do you want to drink? You know, the waiter, <laughs> like, what do you want, pal? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but it was good music. Um, a lot of good music. Yeah, absolutely. A lot, a lot of old, like you're talking about the history mm-hmm. in Jackson. I back in the 20s, there was I can't remember some guy that he uh, he's he's famous in, in music circles. Owned owned a hardware store and had a recording thing in the back, and he'd take these blues guys, kind of like what Alan Lomax did with this tape recorder up in the Delta, and and, and made these records that are if you can find them, you've got some collector's items there. I mean, it's but but it was happening. Mm-hmm. And, and these poor guys, they didn't. They just wanted to make a record. They didn't know their songs. I do have a question for you, Casey. I want you to think about this. I've always been a proponent for digital because it's just a lot cheaper. But I want your, I want your take because I know the equipment that you have there. I've looked at your list; it's amazing. Analog versus digital plugins. Like, have you gotten to the point where because analog's just expensive? It's heavy. It's expensive. It takes space. And digital, like we use Universal Audio. Uh, so we invest in their plugins and things like that. Do you still like that analog warmness? I guess you can say. I I do. Yeah. Uh, the analog front end, I feel like going into your recorder, it just there's something really special about it. Not only 
does it just have that vibe that your ears sort of used to? And and I think people wouldn't say like, oh, I love the way those highs sit. Like, you know, a non-musician, a non-audiophile, they're not going to know that, but they they hear quality, hear warmth. And so uh, I think it's just pleasing when it hits your ear, that analog front end. But it's also uh, when you start pulling on it with a, a nice parametric EQ or a nice analog EQ, like it just, it bends a little differently than... Uh, the digital version of that. Now, that being said, uh, at times we have been all out of the box mixing, um, but now it's just a a hybrid of whatever works for that project. Mm -hmm. So, you know, budget wise, like it's going to cost twice as much for someone if we mixed everything out of the box, because not only do we have to patch every EQ in, but we have to recall that if we want to do a different song. And so right now we've, we've sort of got a cool hybrid setup. I really haven't talked about it with anybody. So I'm kind of talking this out loud for the first time but Bring it on. we use uh when when we're when we're mixing we do use uh the universal audio stuff it's great we l- use some slate digital uh what else do we use a lot of uh yeah you there's do. a ton of plug we, yeah. we probably have too many it's, it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> to keep up with but then uh when we get toward the bus section of our uh, mixing where we're running the, the final drums that have that have the software processing we're running that through analog and we're running that final mix through uh back through the ssl or some other piece of equipment to kind of sweeten up the audio a little sure. bit more and I, I did a test uh, about a month ago like i was like well maybe this you know these plugins have just gotten so good where i couldn't tell a difference and and i kind of turned everything off did the same thing with software and it was night and day. Like you just, that, that analog compression, it's just, there's something special about finishing your mix on that and the way that it hits the SSLG bus. It's just, I don't know, it's a cool sound. I'm getting in the weeds a little bit, no, but it, it, the answer is you can do a lot with software, but uh, we, we still like the analog front end and finishing it with analog. That's always been the debate, exactly what you're saying. You know, when, when, when digital came in, uh, the very first record that was recorded in, as far as popular music or pop, Rock was, uh, Ry, Ry Cooter did an album called Bop Till You Drop, which was a great record. Um, and it was, you know, all the, all the, the musicians of the day were going, no, 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 this digital stuff, you know, no, there's nothing like analog. And, and like you said, it, that, that is true. That's also goes to the thing of your home studio and your extra room, your bedroom. You don't have the room to have the racks. Or, or maybe the finances to have the racks of, of the analog yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, finances. it's like you're trying to consolidate as much as you can and get the best with what you can get, and that little space, uh, relatively speaking, little space. But yeah, the, there to this day that that stuff analog. And there, there's a flip side to that. So anybody listening right now that maybe you have a home studio, just be cautious with software. Every piece of hardware I've ever bought has held its value or gained value. But software, it's absolutely not true. Uh, that software that I've bought is worth nothing. You know, if I, I can't resell it. Uh, thankfully, right. there are some companies that sort of work with you on that, but it's not anything like what you it, pay. The, the, the analog stuff is tangible. You have it in your hand. That's you right. own it. You can knock it. You can touch it. You can say, you know, I own this piece, whereas the other one is like crypto. It's like, well, I, ha- <laughs> I have it, I guess, but I don't really have it. So, yeah, I see where you're at, and I, yeah, I agree with that. You have a manly Vox box, don't you? Uh, the massive passive, so yeah, that's their uh, their the, EQ, the, hard, yeah. the the analog. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. So, wow. so when I went to his website back then, uh, I remember looking at some of the gear because I mean I'm trying to inspire. I'm trying to look at what people have. And I saw his list, and it was like all, a lot of the analog equipment of the plugins that I 
look at it. Right? right. And of course you always want that analog, but that, you know, you have to, you know, it's, it's a big investment. Yes, it is. And so even like with your studio, like you're not just a place to go record music. Like you've invested in the stuff that's going to take well, years. A, a professional studio versus exactly. uh, your own personal studio. It's night and day. That's right. Yeah. And we, and we want that for the people in Mississippi. I, I want people here to be able to say like, hey, I have a place in my state. I don't have to fly to go yeah. record in a nice studio. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully as Blue Sky continues to grow, I'm, I mean, I feel like what's really fun is we get to work with uh, people over and over again on projects. And so when they come in, they're like, oh, wow, y'all rearranged or that's new or that's new. Oh, it feels so good in here. The vibe is great. Like that's just going to continue. Like I, I do see this as a lifelong venture. And hopefully by the time I'm, I'm 50 or 60, we've we've really built something even more special than it is today. And people can, again, have that option to create something world class here in our state. That's great. I definitely, um, I got to film up there soon. And when I do, I'd like to just come tour it and just, you know, check it out. Yeah, man. Get inspired. Absolutely. We're setting this place up and over time it'll get more set up. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a, um, it's a journey. It's not something you can just do overnight. You know, so I'm, I'm excited. That's right. I definitely, you're like, like I said, your website, I saw it inspired me. And then we got a hold of the studio and we're slowly building it to where we do videography photography all that kind of stuff here too um but we are doing podcasting right now and i do want to talk to you about podcasting because you off i know you offer podcasting services do you have a podcast so yes about let's see six or seven years ago i began seeing so the studio was up and rolling i was full-time we had had our first child and uh my wife wanted to stay home and i was like man this is this is going to be pretty scary to do music because music, we might have a great month where we can eat steak a couple nights a week or something like that. And then the next month we ain't going to eat snake, steak. We're going to eat spam or something like that every <laughs> night. So, so it was like, you know, it's, it's so up and down and I was Dollar like, I really night. would love some recurring revenue and podcasts meant a ton to me because I did not study business, but podcasting gave me access to all these business leaders. And so about six years ago, I started seeing, sort of what happened in the early 2000s with social media. These big companies would look and say, hey, our customers are on social media. We should be on social media. And the same thing started happening. These businesses said, hey, our customers are listening to podcasts. Like, we should have a podcast. And so we rolled out – so watch it. Wait for this super creative name, Blue Sky Podcasting, right? <laughs> Blue Sky Studios, Blue very, Sky Podcasting. Nice. I'm apparently terrible at naming things. <laughs> so a whole different website, branding, social media content. And we have about 30 companies across the country that we work with their podcasts. So some of them, they'll send us the files and we'll edit, do their transcripts, sound bites for social, that sort of thing. And then some of them we help produce. Um, but man, that has been a, a really fun venture. And, and one of the things i Sorry, I'm, I hate when uh, guests ramble because I'm going to answer your question. No, no, we but, want no, you to ramble. Uh, no, no. Ramble my, on, as the song goes. <laughs> but one of the things I really, I really love, and I found this out uh, maybe a year three or four when I had the studio, is when you do uh, something so creative, a, a big creative output like recording a record, sixty hours a week, seventy hours a week, week on end, like it gets pretty brutal. It gets to the point where you're not really enjoying it. But what I found is if I could go do something else that was sort of a different creative muscle, helping somebody figure out how to craft their podcast or market it, something like that, like it was still creative. It still was work. It still paid the, it helped pay the bills, but it was sort of flexing a different muscle. I could come back to music and say, oh, I feel refreshed. I don't feel drained. And so it sort of allowed me to have 
different things as I'm working that helps a ton. It, it also gives your ears a chance to rest too when you're in that studio environment. Yeah. It's like, you know, people don't realize that too. You know, you, you have to take a break. You have to let your ears rest. You have to just, like you said, focus on something else or whatever. Just take go yeah. outside and go to McDonald's and get a burger or whatever the case may be, you know. But yeah, right, I, yeah, I can see uh, uh, podcasts are a different animal. We, we've had a great time doing these and, and uh, it was Jesse's idea and brought me in with it. But I just think it's uh, it's 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 the now, it's the future. You know, podcasts are whether you're interested in music, movies, uh, uh, technical stuff, whatever. There's a podcast like YouTube. There's some. There's a channel for everybody. And what's crazy about podcasting, like, if you listen to the radio today, every commercial is about listen to this podcast, listen to this podcast. Alec Baldwin shot somebody. Now he has a podcast like, about shooting her. No, about, <laughs> what I'm just saying is like everybody's going that route um, to the point of. Like everybody called on at once, and I'm hearing it everywhere. Like yeah. I'm just driving down the road. It's like this person has a podcast. So, and I, the thing about this podcast was, I grew up hearing all the stories that my dad told me. You know, my dad was a musician, and I never, I've heard it from him. But these guys are still around. They've never had a platform, so we've created this platform, mm -hmm. and we're getting a nice little surge of people interested in what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I'm really excited to see where it goes. But we also, it's not just musicians. It's bookers it's you know studio producers right that's we want to talk about everything all aspects all aspects because it, it is way more than just picking up a guitar and playing you know well and and we're not just doing the although albeit a, a, a integral part of it the history of it of the music on the coast or or the state or what pertains to us um but also the present and where and we're going to ask you, or maybe we're asking you now, where do you think it's headed? Or, you know, your vision of where music can, should, might go, you know, that type of thing. Because we want, it, we want it to be not just looking back, oh, here comes that old geezer and the young guy, you know, talking about all the same old stuff. But no, we, <laughs> we want it to be different, you know. We want it to, what's, what's relative. So, which, okay, so what, where do you see music at and where do you see it? I know it's a very broad question. Uh, where do you see it going, or do you? Uh, yeah, that is a, a big question. Um, I was trying to write a post on our website a couple months ago about this, and I never finished it. So <laughs> that might be how my answer goes, too. It might not be a complete thought. But I do feel like there's a really neat model in what Mississippi could be looking at somewhere like Texas. Uh, you can be a successful six-figure artist and never leave the state of Texas. <laughs> yeah. um, you go to a venue there, and they love their Texans, their Texas musicians. They love their people who write songs about what's going on there, and they support them. Not, not only do they support them by encouraging them with their words, but they support them financially by buying their merch, buying a ticket, uh, wanting to hear original music. And I, I feel like that's one of the things I would, now this is not where I see things going. This is what I would love to see is uh, a rise in the value of Mississippians longing to hear Mississippi original music. Um, because that's I like not. That. I like that a lot. I, I um, One of the things that could endear, and which coincides with something I'm doing, is uh, Mississippi musicians, just like you referred to the Texans, the Texas musicians, um, 
writing about Mississippi, writing about, they write about Texas, you know, it's, you know, whether you're talking about Lukenbach or you're talking about Austin or whatever, you know, it's that, so that, which also brings the masses into the fold. It's like, oh, there's a reason to be proud of this person, uh, whether it be their talent, which of course, first and foremost, or, or the reflection of their pride of Mississippi or their pride of their state or proud to be a Mississippian, proud of where I came from. It's like a marriage. It's, you know, there's ups and downs, there's good and bad, but it's ours. It's who we are, at least this generation and, and, and future generations at this point. But uh, I think that would tie into it. And I like that idea. And I, I, I would like to have the same vision, hopefully, if that comes to be. Comes like to fruition, it. you know. I like but that. you know, you're you're injecting. You start writing about the state park or something. Somebody up there is going to say, "Yes, I love that place," or "I love that." I like the way this guy's doing that. It's a start. It's it's the beginning. And and of course, we have a lot of really good musicians, uh, uh, names as well as uh, the, as I like to refer to them, guys in the trenches or women in the trenches. That's you know, right. Yeah. We're the the working. And guys. typically, typically when I do see people. Um, leave the state, and I don't mean this in a bad way or slight to them, for, for greener pastures, it's typically because they just don't feel that capacity there to stay in the state. Or and, opportunity. And tour and, that's right, yeah. So I, I think that's the big thing. It, it just starts with the, the normal people who enjoy music uh, paying attention to your Mississippi artist. That, that's a, that's, that'd be a good, uh, a good slogan, a good, a good thing to say, you know, Think about your Mississippi musicians. Support your Mississippi musicians. In all context of it, you know, studios, working, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any big bands, uh, I'm going to be pushing them. I'll be telling them to go to Jackson, man. That's where the sound's at, you know, when it comes to, like, recording good quality band music. I mean, like you said, singer-songwriter. I'm trying to do something like that here. It'll take a while, but mainly right now I want to focus on a creative space for photographers and videographers and and I'll tell yeah. you when you come down to the coast let me know I would love for you to take put your eyes on this and give me some pointers yeah absolutely Jesse <laughs> and and one of the reasons I reached out to you in the first place man I just wanted to encourage you guys keep it up there's such a a great vibe uh, down on the coast and having things like what you're doing it's uh it can be the start of of something really neat so please keep up the good work who who knows maybe I'll be down there with you guys shoot you go, bring it on sunny jim <laughs> Well, do you have anything else uh, before we adjourn? Do you want to, um, are we always ask this question, you know? Yeah, Jesse's real good at editing, by the way. So he can, <laughs> I mean, he makes us look good. Uh, well, this is going to be we, different because this guy, he's, he's got the, he's got the mic. I know. He's got the mic right. and I know this guy can edit. So I got to make the sound he guy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. <laughs> um, no, but I, I want to ask you uh, if you have any advice uh, for, up and coming producers, musicians, every, I mean, you've, you've seen, you've been there and done that with a lot of different people, um, different genres come to your studio. Um, any words of encouragement, any advice, um, that you might have for them? At the risk of sounding like, uh, repeating the, the Nike slogan of just do it. I mean, I think that would probably be my biggest advice. And it was honestly a big hurdle for me when I first started. Um, I wanted to wait for the perfect setting, the perfect time to there's write, no the perfect thing. time to write. And there, yeah, there's no such thing. It just doesn't happen. So if you, if you want to be a producer, uh, don't send me an email about it. Like, 
freaking produce. Like, go find somebody, produce them. If you want to write, be be the best writer you can. Write songs. Like, sit down and write. Like, if you want to be a performer, get out there and perform. Like, those things, the people that you admire, the people that you see that are doing that craft every day, it's because they spent the time, they put in the work, and, and they did it. And they develop those skills. Of course, there's natural talent, but at some point, you've got to put in the time. Well, you can simulate it all you want, and you can say you can be in your room with uh, or your your house with a couple friends over, and yeah, that's that's uh, the beginning or part of it. But there's nothing that can replace getting up there the first time in a club or at a church or wherever, and they're looking at you, and you have to (laughs) okay, what do you got, buddy? Bring it on. You know that you've got that. Nothing, as we all know, replaces that. So, and what you're saying, just do it. Just do it. What's the worst thing that can happen? You don't do it again or you find out that's not what you like or you find out, man, I love this. This is, I could do this, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I can, I can go from here. So yeah, good, good advice. I want you to pitch your contact information. Sure. You can, you can find uh, the recording studio at blueskystudios.org and you can find more about our podcasting service at blueskypodcasting.com. And when I get backed up, I'm definitely going to be sending you some podcasting <laughs> to edit. Because boy, it's getting busy. And I'm Come just on. like, I'm Come just on. like, wow. So we'll be, we'll definitely be in touch. But Casey, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you took time for yourself. And this is our first remote podcast, so hopefully we did well. I have it rigged up here, but I, like I said, you gotta, you gotta fail forward sometimes. Oh so. yeah, no, no, that's great. I meant to ask you, were you performing? Uh, how did, did you start as a performer? How did you? Just get into the whole thing. I mean, yeah, were you yeah, a working musician? Uh, or did you? I don't know. I think it was sixth or seventh grade. My my dad had always played, and about sixth or seventh grade, I, I grabbed my dad's guitar, and for some reason, some girls were around, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, girls well, like it go. when you play guitar." <laughs> and so uh, that was sort of the catalyst. Yeah, buddy. And then, uh, yeah, at First Baptist Van Cleve, uh, my youth minister John Jones, he saw me playing uh, for all the wrong reasons, and he was like, "Hey, man, why don't you play a song for the right reasons?" And no, he didn't say it that way. He wasn't for the wrong. He, he certainly didn't it. say it that way. But uh, yeah, he had me uh lead worship uh so i think uh one wednesday night just that maybe ninth eighth or ninth grade uh, me and some buddies led we were, uh, had a band called uh another great name soul amp was our name for our band and because so you only we, had one uh, amp what's that <laughs> soul amp soul amp man because you only right. had one yeah. amp the sauce amp- ampli- play on words. that's right that's, that's right only there, it was singular that's right so <laughs> Right. So yeah, man, that that was how we got started. Uh, just playing some Perfect. worship music, and people were uh, kind enough to to let us uh, play some originals around the coast and that sort of thing. Was your was your wife in the music? Did y'all meet through music, or was that just something totally different? No, nah, she uh, she's a she was a teacher, and then did her master's in dyslexia therapy. But now now she stays home. Come out uh, with the kidding kiddos. Me? Are you kidding me? I don't think he is. No. So my wife. Uh, She's at a school right behind us called Lighthouse Academy for Dyslexia. She's a she's a dyslexia therapist as well. That's crazy. That's awesome, Jesse. Yeah, we're, we're, they're trying to build awareness in the state of Mississippi, and that's my video yeah. project that I've been doing. That's why I have to go to Jackson um, for this education bill that's going through. But anyway, that's man, great. That, that's really cool. I don't really get to meet a lot of other husbands of dyslexia therapists. I know that's it's a sacrifice when, with what these teachers go through and and how they're changing the face of education as we know it. It's great. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. My wife's a Harley Davidson mechanic. <laughs> is that real, Hank? No, she's not. <laughs> no, his his wife is awesome. <laughs> she is awesome. 
She works for a judge. So I have that going for me. <laughs> hey, you got connections. There you go. with there you go. That's right. <laughs> if that emergency ever happens. You never know, man. I just killed it by saying that out loud. I'm Casey Cumbus. And I'm Hank Berman. And I'm Jesse Hill. Until next time, folks, thank you for joining us on the High Note Podcast.